Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, San Diego, this is Kongsan with Believe in SDSU Basketball on the Believe Podcast Network. San Diego's number one sports podcast network where you can get a show for every team in San Diego and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this second episode of Believe in SDSU podcast, we are going to dive into a recap of the previous week. We are recording this and on Sunday night on the 12th. So we're going to recap both men's and women's games against Wyoming and Boise State. Then we'll get into discussing sort of what net rating means. Um, that's something that gets brought up quite a bit when talking about the men's team uh, you might see in the sports media outlets and such. So we're going to get into that. Um, so here we go. As a reminder, if you enjoy the show, please rate and subscribe on iTunes. We're available wherever podcasts can be found. You can also find us online at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. As you're rating us, feel free to drop in a question, submit questions in the rating, and I'll look to see if I can answer those as best as I can with each episode. Uh, with that being said, let's start off with the women. Uh, the women started off the week great with a overtime win over Wyoming, 67-70. to 70. Uh, Taylor Calmer was only one for three from the three-point line, but that one three that she made was the actual game-tying buzzer beater. It was a difficult shot. It seemed like it was definitely over one. You can argue whether or not uh, the second defender really had an impact on the shot, but nevertheless, a clutch shot by Taylor to send it into overtime. And while the team is normally led by Taylor, um, this game was actually uh, led by Monique Terry and Zane Dornstadter. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, Terry was great from three, and Dornstadter was great from inside the paint. Um, one of the key highlights was uh, the stingy San Diego State defense in the third quarter, holding Wyoming, Wyoming to just four points then. Um, they were able to have contributions off the bench, 18 total points off the bench, while Wyoming actually ended up with no points off the bench. So um, that definitely helped. Uh, they were able to capitalize on turnovers, executing on 11 points off of uh, turnovers from Wyoming. And overall, it was a solid team performance. Um, unfortunately, they weren't able to carry on the momentum on Saturday against Fresno State where they lost 72 to 86. They ended the first with a three-point lead but were outscored by 15 in the second and to make matters worse Boise State went on a 10 to 4 run to start the third quarter that pushed the deficit up to 18. Uh, 
Um, it's kind of hard to try and cut down the momentum when it seems like Boise State continued to make runs when they needed to. Um, Boise State also had 40 points off the bench, and it's just hard to win games in general with um, the other team scores 40 points off the bench. Uh, Taylor Calmer did lead all Aztecs with 21. And honestly, if you look at the numbers, the box score indicates a solid shooting day, 50% from the field, including 42.9% from three. The issue, I believe, was the amount of turnovers. Um, The Aztecs ended up with 17 total turnovers, which effectively limited the amount of shot attempts and just amount of uh, tries that you can get, which showed in that Boise was able to put up 61 shots over the game, and that was comparing to Aztecs 46 total shots. So that extra 15, if you're contributing and factoring, you know, continued 50% from the field for those 15 shots, that's an additional um, anywhere from 14 to however many points, and there's your difference right there. So right now, you know, the Aztecs, the Aztec women are, finding little bright spots throughout the season, able to execute uh, their game plan here and there, but they're not able to quite rally together and link consistent victories and start a streak. Um, But they can look to start to do that uh, against a tough opponent on Wednesday, the 12-4 and Fresno State Bulldogs on Wednesday the 15th and concluding the week against Nevada, who is 8-8 on Saturday. So, uh, my predictions, quite honestly, would be that our win would come against Nevada, but with college basketball and you just never know what's going to happen. So here's to hoping that they end the season or sorry, end the week um, 2-0. Moving on to the men, they started off at Wyoming. It was a place that I said in the last episode that is historically tough to play at. And the Aztecs just went on to win by 20 points, uh, 72 to 52. It was a slow start, and that's to be expected. I mean, in Wyoming, you're playing in over 7,000 feet of elevation. It's going to be easy to get winded. So to for the Aztecs to be able to really pull it together, pull, put streaks together and win by 20 is is rather impressive. I mean, regardless of what Wyoming's record might be, that place is just always tough to play. Malachi Flynn pitched in with 19 points to lead all scores, um, but I think the difference maker in this game was Yanni Wetzel, who was a perfect 7 for 7 from the field. The Aztecs were able to capitalize with 16 points off of turnovers to Wyoming's 4. They had a stingy defense with 8 steals overall, and it was a very confident performance because now you're at this point where it's hard to say that the the winning streak is not on anyone's mind and with the Aztecs climbing up to the rankings now being number seven every team is going to give their best shot they want to be the ones that took the Giants down and now the Aztecs are playing what started the season as a chip on their shoulder to now with a big target on their back and any team, every team is going to give them whatever they can, the entire kitchen sink, so to speak. So for them to come out to Wyoming, despite the elevation, despite the historical 
difficulty we've had at their place to come out with a resounding 20-point win uh, was very impressive. And they're able to continue that on Saturday against Boise State, winning 83-65 to in San Diego. Four players in double figures while holding Boise State with just having two players in double figures. Um, this was KJ's game. KJ Fagan with 23 to lead all scores was an incredible 5-for-7 from three. A lot of that came early on to really set the tone. The team gathered another eight steals, which led to or contributed to a total of 18 turnovers from Boise State. And this was a unique game. Um, There were only four points off the Aztec bench. So if you can imagine 70, I'm doing the math here in my head, 79 points from the five starters for the entire game. So that was a rather unique but also impressive statistic um, leading to including, sorry, including 42 points in the paint. And so the Aztecs continue on. Who knows where they're going to go? I think in terms of rankings, I can definitely see them staying put, possibly moving up one or two ranks. But at this point, being that they're not in a major conference and it doesn't look like at any of their upcoming opponents may be ranked moving forward, I would see it kind of a difficult road for the Aztecs to be in the top five. It would take some upsets from the other six teams currently ahead of the Aztecs in order for them to make the jump. But, I mean, in a season where you see number one go down, I believe, three times already, anything is possible. So here's to hoping that happens. Um, Coming up next, they're playing at Fresno State on Tuesday, ESPN2. Uh, I think that now with the roller coaster that the Aztecs are on, you know, one of the last two teams in the nation, um, the other being Auburn, being undefeated. Everyone's going to be sort of keeping an eye out to see if they'll ever lose, and if so, when. Um, Fresno State is 5-11, and 11, so a little bit of struggling. But when it comes to conference play, when you're facing teams that you've played twice a year for however long, and a coaching staff that has scouted your team and knows exactly the system that you run, you know, every conference game is going to be difficult. So um, we're going to get the Fresno State's best, and we have to make sure that we don't go in just thinking it's going to be an easy game. And after Tuesday's game, we're going to move on on to Saturday the 18th against Nevada at home. Nevada has historically been tough on us as well, so we definitely need to watch out. I mean, these two games this week, you can make the case that these can be trap games that they think they look at the record. They look at both teams on paper. You think that it's going to be a cakewalk and we're just going to continue this winning streak, but we need to make sure we handle our business, take care of um, Fresno state and take care of Nevada. And so here's to hoping that an overall four and record within the two teams. I mean, that would be, that would be phenomenal. So we'll see. As you're watching ESPN, Fox Sports, and you're looking at college basketball highlights and discussions of bracketologies and who goes where if the March Madness was to start today, you hear a lot of net ranking. And so I just want to quickly just highlight what net ranking is, what it means, and sort of provide some, I guess, context 
with how that applies to the men's team. And so basically net ranking was is a tool that is used to replace RPI as the primary tool for evaluating teams. And that was something that was discussed a lot, especially during like selection Sunday and making the case for why a team should be number one and not another. Um, RPI was was really used um, in that realm. So if you can imagine just net rating replacing that. Uh, it's a formula where it factors in game results, strength of schedule, location of the game, scoring margin, the net efficiency rating, both offensively, defensively, and overall, and quality of wins and losses. So I think right now what's really hope, helping the Aztec men's team was the stretch during uh, the beginning of the season, trying to come back against Iowa and playing a lot of these non-conference opponents that we normally wouldn't play, who happened to be ranked at the time, I believe, um, really boosted our net ranking or net rating. And as of right now, through games or games through January 11th, San Diego State currently sits fourth in net rating. So if you think about it from that standpoint, um, Baylor's number one, Duke is number two, Butler's third, with San Diego State being fourth, followed by Kansas, Auburn, Gonzaga, Michigan State, and Dayton to round out the top 10. Oh, I'm sorry, and Wichita State to round out the top 10. And I don't necessarily see San Diego State's net rating going any higher if you're really considering the fact that it relies on the strength of schedule and game results they capped scoring margin at 10 points because they were trying to prevent teams from running up the score that would you know when they're trying to boost their rating so to speak but right now i can see that it can move up maybe one rank or two but a lot of these other teams are in conferences such as the big 12 acc big east uh, sec that have a higher quality of opponents down the stretch and now we're in the conference play the only way i see we can really improve on our net rating is to make sure that we have a great net efficiency and we're able to win convincingly each time which we know it's going to be really difficult so the strength of schedule won't be against us or will be against us and quality of wins and losses may not really impact our net rating so much. Um, to give you historical context, we had a RPI rating of four as well in 2011. That was the Kawhi Leonard year where we went to the Sweet 16 and lost to the eventual champion UConn Huskies. So it sounds like we're sort of, or we're similar in that vein. And if you can kind of try and project where the team would end up, you can see a two or three seed in the, March Madness and getting to um, getting another opportunity to kind of go deep into the tournament. And that's all we can hope for. Um, so moving forward, looking way ahead into the schedule, anything that may help us with net rating could be games at Boise. I mean, we still have to play a few games on the road. We end the season at Nevada um, in preparation for the conference tournament um, at UNLV. So there's a couple of road games left that we could potentially impact us, but we also have to keep in mind um, 
the Dukes of the world, the Baylors of the world, Kansases of the world. These guys are going to play higher quality opponents um, down the stretch. So uh, again, I would anticipate a similar trajectory in terms of ranking as a 2011 team. I think the difference on the court between the two is the 2011 team really relied on defense and rebounding and just sort of suffocating the other team to really take tough contested twos. And on the other end was really bruising and trying to attack the rim. And we really did have a tough time shooting from three back then. But now we were able to spread the floor. I mean, with the shift of basketball today, you see guys like Yanni Wetzel who can stretch a floor, a lot of pick and pop, pick and roll scenarios where we go to uh, the first action being a pass back to the big who then tries to dribble, go through a dribble handoff or possibly um, a double screen for a wing player. Like It's a little bit more perimeter based than in years past. So we have the ability to stretch the court while still being able to play tough defense, challenge shots. We may not be able to have the rebounding presence like we used to with Kawhi and Billy White and Tim Shelton and those boys, but we're able to stretch the court. We have speed. We have playmakers. Um, we're still not completely healthy yet, which is definitely encouraging. So there's a lot of things to look forward to this season uh, with the Aztec basketball. Or sorry, there's a lot of things to look forward to this season with the men's team and with the women's team. Again, you never know. We have to just make it to the conference tournament. If they can get a nice streak going, then anything can happen. And we just have to string together a couple wins in the conference tournament. And, and that's all she wrote. So you never know. So that'll wrap it up. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and subscribe us on iTunes. Again, we're, we're available wherever podcasts are found. You can find us on believe.com and at believe podcasts. I am at N-A-S-G-N-A-K on Instagram. Feel free to give me a shout, shoot me a message, ask me questions. Let's talk about Aztec hoops. And if you're interested in advertising on the show, contact us at believe.com. All right. Well, here we go. Another week of college basketball. Here's another hopefully great weekend or great week of college basketball. And we'll see where the Aztecs end up on Monday. And thank you for listening. And until next time, go Aztecs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.